Hello, Valerie. How are you? And welcome to the Against All Odds podcast. Hi, Latoya. Thank you for having me. All right. Well, I just um, I'm glad that we connected and I met you. And I, your story is definitely one that fits so well into our uh, our title segment of our podcast because um, you were telling me about your child that has cerebral palsy and I know what you're going to talk about today is um, you know the timing and everything that they told you and so the title you gave me was I'm Still Here and I just love that so go ahead and just tell our audience who you are and just jump right into your story. All right thank you so much Um, so I um I'm Valerie. I have been married to my husband for almost 30 years and we have two children. Our oldest is the one with cerebral palsy and we have a younger one at 16. And so both um, our children have their differing challenges and we reside in Calgary. Um, So Scott and I had been married for a few years and we decided it was time to start a family. Um, So we uh, did the process of getting pregnant. but it was taking quite a bit of time. Uh, in fact, it took us seven years. Oh, so wow. seven years was a very, very long time to be watching your monthly cycle and hoping and praying um, that it wouldn't come. Uh, so it got to be to the place where it was getting quite despondent. Um, you know, don't get me wrong, but it was just the disappointment month mm-hmm. after month and year after year. Um, of having my monthly cycle show up on, and show up on time. Mm-hmm. Um, that in itself can be hard. Yeah. 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 Infertility is um, something that many people go through, but it's not sort of, you know, um, advertised per se. A lot of people try not to talk about it because it is, it is quite um, devastating. You know, when people are having baby showers at church and it's really hard to be excited when you're really trying um, and it's just not happening for you. Um, Absolutely. And I never was able to relate to that um, until um, a couple of my clients shared their stories about that because I have eight children and it, that's not something that I've ever had an issue with, but now I'm very sympathetic and empathetic to that because you just, like you said, it's not talked about and we, you know, without it being talked about, we don't really know um, the process and the strain and what it takes on the couple or the family that's trying. Yeah. The emotional toll is, is huge. It's huge. So when it came to my 38th birthday, um, Scott and I decided that was going to be our cutoff um, because, as I say, seven years was a very long time to be trying. And at some point I needed to have my focus somewhere else. So on my 38th birthday, which was July 31st, um, we gave up. And the very next month I was pregnant. Wow. Which was like, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. (laughs) There is a God. There is a God. Well, you know, the number seven is the uh, completion. So I don't know. I think that's Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And that was our thought as well. While we were going through the process of infertility, that was not a consideration. But when we realized it was the seventh year, it was like, okay, God, you, you're, you're telling us something here. So 
I was so, like, I can't tell you, Latoya, how elated we were to finally be pregnant. Um, I had a beautiful pregnancy. Um, I just kind of gained weight in the front. Um, thank you, Lord, that did not throw up. I don't do vomit. Um, he spared me that. Uh, I was healthy. I was felt strong. And I had never been so close to God in my life. This was, I just felt it was such a beautiful gift after seven years of trying. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just felt so close to him during yeah. that pregnancy. And also what I hear in you saying that is God lets us know he, did, he doesn't forget about us. He didn't forget, you know, he knows the desires of our heart. So, Amen. Amen. Um, so uh, I, I remember <laughs> I, I felt in my body that I was pregnant and I remember um, saying to Scott, well, you know, I think we probably should go and get a pregnancy test. And he was so cute. Um, so we went to a, a pharmacy at a mall and um, so we bought the kit and he said, can we do it now? Um, can we find a bathroom here and do it now, honey? I think this is something we should do at home. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I'm excited. I need to know. I, I just need to know. <laughs> right. right. Anyway, and he was cute when I, I did the test and I handed it to him. He says, you're, you're pregnant. He says, you're pregnant. And he was just like a little boy in a candy store. He was so cute. Oh, God. Um, yeah, it was a beautiful pregnancy, as I say. Um, and we were just so close to God. Um and so when we had a prolapse cord at the 39th week, uh, it was it was devastating. I was just like, really? Like seven years we've been trying. I've had this beautiful pregnancy and, and now we have this prolapse cord. So, okay, um, prolapse cord, kind of take us into what does that mean? Because some of us know, I know because I've had children, but kind of let my audience know what does that mean when you hear that? Um, So it's something that's very rare, and what it is, is the umbilical cord comes out of the cervix um, before the baby comes out. Um, And so I was going to have a C-section because I'd had fibroid surgery, and I was told that I was not supposed to go into labor. Um, So we had booked the the C-section. Unfortunately, it was booked for two days prior to the due date instead of the two weeks. You kind of usually have a two-week... time frame in which the baby's delivered so my due date um, for the baby was going to be two days before her actual due date so the cord came out first um and so with that um it pinched off the oxygen supply um which then the brain has a high demand for oxygen and, and that's the place that um where it's depleted first. So Melody Ann, our firstborn, um, was basically born with a brain injury. Um, so I knew something was wrong. We, she, we, she was breech, so we thought that the foot had come out first. Um, and then, so the emergency, the ambulance came, I traveled on my hands and knees with some gentleman's hand up my vagina, holding the baby in place, um, had an emergency C-section, by God's grace, my husband was able to get there. Oh my gosh. And was gray. Her heart rate was less than 60. And um, they had to resuscitate her there and then. So it was pretty traumatic for my husband. Um, I, When I finally woke up, uh, we realized um, you know, that we had a beautiful baby. She was taken to the um, neonatal intensive care unit. And both my husband and I are healthcare professionals, so we're both used to working with people with on ventilators. Melody Ann was ventilated and had an IV and all kinds of other lines. So it wasn't sort of, you know, a big shock to us because that was something we were used to seeing in our work. Um, And, you know, the fact that most of our patients would get off the ventilator and do fine. So that was kind of first and foremost. So it took about 
24 hours for us to realize that this was not any normal situation. So, um, so that was tough. That was tough. Melody Ann was given a year to live. Well, in fact, the neonatologist, she was born on a Friday morning. On the Monday, he came back into work. He was very surprised to see she was still alive. So after that, we were taking her for her appointments, etc. She was basically given about a year to live. Wow. And so you, and here's Scott and I, our first time parents, um, and our first baby, and we now have a, a child with a disability, and we're now told that she's only going to live a year. So that was a, a big cross to bear. Yeah, I can imagine the emotional, I mean, just hearing you talk about it, I can't even imagine the emotional emotional turmoil that it would take you through because like you said you've waited for so long for this this gift this grace and then you get it and then um you know you have to go through all these things of medical and psychological because you know a lot of people don't think about how our bodies go through things but our mind is really going through a lot as well when when our physical bodies is going through that so your title I'm still here I oh my gosh I mean I totally get why you're saying that because that's just a lot just even hearing the beginning so please continue I'd like to hear more about it okay um so with that year to live, um, that was kind of ever present in Melody Ann's first year of life. But I was mad at God, I, I just have to say, and I'm going to be upfront and honest. Um, I was really mad, really mad at God. That's okay. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just saying, no, that's okay. We all have that emotion. So I totally can relate. Um, you know, I hate gifted us with this beautiful gift and she is gorgeous. <laughs> she, I have to say, I mean, I know she's mine, but she is, <laughs> she is gorgeous. And so he gifted me with this beautiful baby. Um, she was uh, born at 39 weeks. So she was the biggest baby in the intensive care unit. But I was so mad because God, you know, you had, we had waited seven years. You had given me the ability to get pregnant on my own. You had given me a beautiful pregnancy. And then this, I was just, I can't even describe how devastated Scott and I And then to hear that she was only going to live a year. I had a very difficult time maintaining my relationship with God. But because Melody Ann had only been given a year to live. Yeah, um, I can still hear the emotion in your voice when you're talking about it. Yeah. Um, I just wanted her to know Jesus because I felt that that was my parental responsibility. So we... Um, with our, our denomination, we get these little guides for, for the children. So um, we would make a, a point of singing Melody Ann's worship songs. We have five songs that we sing. Mm -hmm. And to this day, we still sing those songs. <laughs> um, so we would sing the five songs. We would have a prayer. I would read the little, um, it's called Our Little Friend um, for the day, uh, the section that was for her for the day. And then we would finish with another song and, and prayer. So I wanted her to know who Jesus was. And because I was doing that for Melody Ann, that was the thread that kept my relationship going with God. Wow. Because I wanted her to know who he was. And if she was only going to have a year, I wanted to make sure that she was going to heaven. Well, I mean, that, that was just amazing for you to be able to be in a mental state to take yourself out of it. And, you know, we always, I tell people when we have children, our children we think about them first and everything 
Yes. So um, you just prove that in the fact that you didn't care whether she was going to live months or if you had her a year or a lifetime. You're like, I want to make sure that your soul is in a good place. I want to make sure that you know the Lord. So I totally um, admire that. Thank you. Thank you. So even though I didn't feel like I had a whole lot to say to God, I, I wanted Melody Ann to know who Jesus was. So the turning point for, for our family was when Melody Ann had her first birthday. So we were able to shift our mindset to the fact that she was going to live and we were going to make sure she had an abundant life. Um, she, as I say, has been a gift. She has truly been a gift. And I remember when we were in the intensive care unit, um, the neonatal, neonatal intensive care unit, that they had a poem that was on the wall. Um, and it's called Welcome to Holland by E.P. Kinsley. Mm -hmm. And it's the story of parenting a child with a disability. And she talks about, you know, hey, I, I signed up to go to Italy. What do you mean we're landing in? <laughs> we're landing in Holland. <laughs> this wasn't mm -hmm. right. <laughs> And when you kind of translate that to raising a child with disability, you have your dreams for your child. You have the things that you want to do with your child that you, you want your child to accomplish in their life. Um, and so that's your Italy. Um, so for Melody Ann, I grew up in England, so it doesn't get below zero. I never went figure skating. I never learned how to do skating, really. Um, and so that was one thing I wanted my child to do. I wanted her to be able to figure skate. My husband's from a very musical family. I wanted her to learn a musical instrument. And we had all these Melody Ann. And, um, and then it was kind of like, oh, wow, she's never going to figure skate. She's never going to be able to play an instrument. So we had to shift our mindset to the fact that yes, she's going to live, but we also had to shift our dreams and our goals for her um, to something that would be more realistic. You know, Valerie, something that I'm hearing in all of these conversations, and again, I just thank you for being so transparent because this is something that is very um, close to, to the heart. Um, so I know sometimes that's not easy to share because um, I have my own stories and it does bring up all, you feel like you're right back in it. It brings up all the same emotions. It brings up, um, even though we've, you know, overcome it and conquered so many things, it still has a deep emotion attached to it. But what I wanted to say was something that I'm hearing that is a common denominator against everybody that I've been talking to, especially lately, that are a part of the kingdom of God, um, is that changing your perspective has been the key in all of us getting through or getting getting past whatever the situation is. Once you shift your mindset, once you shift the perspective of how you look at it and draw closer to God, it, it just it changes everything. Mm -hmm. And I just had this very same conversation on one of the podcasts previous to this. So it's, I, I just want to say that I had to throw that out there. I didn't mean to cut you off, but it's just letting me know that um, we as people, we have to, because we, you know, we have emotions and we have our feelings and sometimes it pulls us away from God. But once we get ourselves to where we can shift our mind and pull ourselves back to, um, a good perspective and even better when we can get closer to God our perspective will change our hearts will change our desires for what we wanted um, as you stated all the things you wanted for her you had to change that perspective so 
Yes, thank you um, for sharing that. Um, yeah, we we came to a place where we just you know decided to treat her like we would treat any other child, um, and she just showed her um, will to live, um, and that's what kept us going. She has a very strong will to live. She started showing us evidence of how she was as a, was absorbing her her surroundings, her environment. Um, and so that was encouraging for Scott and I, um, you know, to see that she understood what colors were. She could tell us what colors were when she was a teen, a, a toddler. Um, and so the three lessons that um, I've learned are resilience. In the early days, Melody Ann was sick a lot, and we were told that pneumonia would probably be the thing that would take her. And she was dealing with colds. Like every six to eight weeks, we were putting her on antibiotics, but she kicked it she had that strong will to live she kept on fighting um we realized as we were just talking about that it was okay to shift our goalposts um and and have different dreams for her um you know she's lived a very fulfilled life she's traveled she has friends she goes to activities she loves concerts um you know it's just been awesome to see her getting out and about and doing things with her life um and then the other thing for us the, that we learned was it, to to dare to dream Often when you have disability, you feel like initially Scott and I felt we would be taking care of Melody Ann until she died. Um, her life expectancy, we'll be lucky if, if we see 40. Um, but we dared to dream. I can't tell you, Latoya, what it felt like to have her in a dance recital. My mom helped create the outfit for her and um, to see her up there performing and lapping up the applause. Oh my gosh. This song, um, we had a, a special ed teacher who was patient with Melody Ann and, okay, Melody Ann, do you want the next note to go up or down? Would you like the next note to be a little longer and, and write the, the lyrics to a song? Um, her music therapist performed with her at an afternoon of song for JB Music. Um, Melody Ann's life has inspired um, my husband and I to start a camp for kids that use communication devices. Um, so we started in 2016 and we've been doing this as, as an annual thing and even with COVID we actually pivoted to doing a virtual camp. Um, and then the last thing that Melody Ann has, has helped us um, to inspire us is to create Eden House which is where she lives. It was our family home and um, so she's allowed us to dream and create this home for her. She has two housemates. We have an agency that provides 24-hour care for them. And what's been beautiful to see Latoya is the um, independence, the growth of independence for Melody Ann and her housemates as well. They have an opportunity to live independent of their parents. Uh, there's so much emotions going here. Um, so are you still there? It's we have yes. okay. I, I was trying. You have my emotions going because there's so much that you're saying. I myself, um, I have a nephew who has um, a disability similar to Melody's um, cerebral palsy because uh, oxygen was cut off from his brain. Um, but also, just um, my daughter. At one point, I have a child that dealt with um, kidney. Um, issues and like you said every six to eight weeks she was in and out of the hospital and it started at the age of I believe she was three up until she was 12 so we spent a lot of time in the Ronald McDonald house and a lot of time in and out of hospitals so I can totally relate 
um, to your story. And, you know, they was like, prepare to put her on dialysis, prepare to, you know, all these kind of things. And I just kept believing God and praying and believing. And I was like, Lord, this is, this is not what you showed me when you showed me this baby at a bassinet. This is not, you know, so I just kept believing. And um, she totally was healed from that. She's never had a kidney transplant. She's never had a dialysis, the disease. Praise God. Um, I'm, I'm so proud of you doing, especially when you in house um, I have some dreams and goals that I want to do and, and um, the name for it is Eden it's connected to the name Eden so I was like oh wow but just, just being able to do that for um, people that are like your child where they can relate and still um, grow and be um, you know just themselves in a safe environment I totally love that I, I wish there could be eating houses everywhere because it's it's totally needed. Um, so tell us more about your virtual camp that um, or the camp that you said you guys started. Um, we'd like to hear about that and how can we get involved or where can we find you? Um, we, I mean, the, you've got so many great things and I'm sure you have more great stories. So how do we get how do we stay in contact with you? Um, well, you can find me on Facebook, Valerie Arbo, um, and uh, certainly uh, feel free to, to direct message me. Um, with regards to the camp, um, we are in partnership with March of Dimes and University of Alberta. So we have speech language pathologists that are the counselors for each of the campers that come to camp. Um, and so the counselors, the speech language pathologists actually get credits for hands-on working with the campers. And then the campers get the opportunity to have camp with other kids that are like them. And that was important for Scott and I, was for Melody Ann to have an opportunity to go to camp like other kids go to camp. Um, and so that was kind of the essence of, of how our camp started. And we've just been blessed that um, March of Dimes and the University of Alberta um, continue to carry the camp forward. I'm a parent voice on the executive committee and I'm just thankful that I don't have to get too involved. Um, they have the students. Um, we also are blessed to have many volunteer clinicians who come to camp every year and help us out. Um, so it's just been amazing. Oh, wow. So just to repeat, because I want to make sure people get this, they can connect with University of Alberta. Um, if they go to the March of Dimes um, website, okay. March of Dimes Canada website, then they'll be able to find um, the information uh, about our camp there. Okay, guys. Well, you heard it. Um, March of Dimes uh, Canada. Connect with Valerie if you have um, a child that is um, dealing with some type of physical disability I think that she could give you some great perspective as we talked about and like she said her child is still here and you know the life expectancy was very small but just look at all the miracles that the, that God gave her so Valerie I'm just glad that we were able to have a conversation and you were and um, stay strong in what you're doing because it is needed it is Um, this show, we talk about all things love, health, wealth, business, and more. So you have been a prime example of overcoming things against all odds. So um, thank you so much and sending you off with blessings and love and light. Thank you so much, Latoya. I appreciate it. God all bless. Right. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.